Welcome to the sermon podcast of Grace Presbyterian Church. For more information about our church, please visit our website, gracechurchlaunceston.com. Come, come, come. Let's do it. Gather, beloved. Cool. So I think lunch is in about half an hour. Roughly. Roughly. Well, the chicken just went in the oven, so however long that's Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see what we get through. Um, the plan from here is I'll just chat briefly about a little bit of church plan experience that I've had. I am not an expert in the slightest, um, but I want to share some reflections, things that we learnt, um, and then we'll just have a discussion chat about some, some things and see what comes out of it. Time to reflect. Um, yep, so I'm from Geelong, Victoria, part of a church plant there for seven years prior to coming over here. Um, that church plant was called The Hub. Uh, we went out with a core team of about 13 adults plus kids. Um, we were sent out with about enough funding to last a few years. Um, at that point, we were expected to have grown enough to be self-sufficient. Um, now, they often say a church of about 60 to 80 people can afford a full-time pastor and whatever other costs there are. Um, so that was, that was kind of our goal. We were kind of thinking, okay, we've got a few years to, to crack on. Um, we loved our time at the Hub. Uh, it's probably one of the most positive experiences of church I've ever had. Um, close-knit, intimate relationships, doing life and mission together, serving, working together, um, eager about evangelism, no, no chance to sit around and be complacent. Um, we knew we were small and fighting for survival and there's something good about that. Um, unfortunately, there were also some setbacks, uh, mostly because we just struggled to get new people, um, not only converts, but also other mature Christians who would just join us in our mission. Um, the years ticked on, uh, the external funding dried up, um, our core team was still the core team, uh, and they were getting weary, and yeah, I guess we reached a point where we realised we didn't have the people power or the financial power that we needed. Um, and after seven years and much prayer and heartache, I was an elder at the time, we came to realise that God was calling us to close the church, um, and that was very painful. It also coincided with COVID lockdowns. <laughs> so the last congregational meetings we were having to discuss all of this were over Zoom. Not quite sure why God planned it that way, but God taught us a lot through that whole process. He taught us the difference between His plans and our plans. Uh, he taught us what church is and isn't, or at least a bit more about that. He taught us that He never fails. Uh, and that it was our worldly view of success and failure which needed to change. And he showed us a lot of things we could be thankful for over those seven years. Healthy, faithful ministries. Weird to close a healthy church. <laughs> um, Christians who had matured and grown in their faith. People who said, ah, this is the first time I've ever found a loving church where I, I, get, I get what church is about. Uh, people who have been saved kids who've been loved and discipled. And then after we closed, we were able to bless the other churches in our city. We gave them the gift of 
good quality people who went out and found new church homes. So there you go. That's a bit of my backstory. You guys probably think, why would Nathan ask <laughs> this guy to come and speak? Um, well, I hope you don't find that story discouraging. Uh, I'm convinced that church planning is a wonderful thing to do, something we must be doing. And um, my heart is, yeah, just filled with affection for you guys because I, I just, yeah, can empathize so much with, um, with a church plant at this early stage. What I hope to do in the time we've got now is just to share some reflections I've got on, yeah, on the hub and come up with three things I'd like to share with you guys today. I guess they're pieces of advice for a young church plant. Um, but really, I don't have a lot to say. And what I'd rather we do is, is springboard into some times of reflecting and discussing together. So if that sounds all right, I'll crack on. The first thing is there, if you haven't grabbed a handout there at the end of your pews, um, first thing is play to your strengths. Play to your strengths. If you've watched uh, the TV show Survivor, you'll know that the big strong guy, more reality TV, yikes. Uh, the big strong guy doesn't always win the physical challenge. Sometimes uh, the lighter, the faster, the more mentally resilient uh, end up winning. The key is to figure out what your strengths are and play to them. Uh, and that's true for churches too. Every church is different. Um, different people, different sizes, different neighborhoods, different outreach opportunities. Um, and I think it's easy, I found, to be part of a church plan, to be very conscious of your size and to fix your eyes on the future when you get bigger, when you finally made it and you can start doing real church. And there's a danger that you miss what's right in front of you and forget what we just saw in 1 Peter 2, that you're already a church right now. Uh, and forget that actually being smaller gives you some advantages, gives you strength that a big church doesn't have. I, I'm convinced of that, having gone from a church of less than 50 people to a church of about 500 people in the last couple of years, I have just seen so clearly Strengths and weaknesses, pros and cons. So, discussion question one. What are the strengths, the advantages of this church right now, do you think? Feel free to just throw ideas out there. I don't think this is a matter of right and wrong at all. It'd be really interesting to hear your reflections. Uh, if I can be bold enough to give my thoughts, is I'm fairly new to the church, as most people know, and one thing that I've found is that people are extraordinarily welcoming when mm -hmm. I first started coming. I think it's a real strength and it was an encouragement for me. Fantastic. So, I don't know if that encourages the rest of the church, but I, I really found very, very welcoming and warm people. That's lovely. Um, I think that people step up to do stuff, mm. um, which is really beautiful and without, um, I guess, bitterness or anything or going, oh, why do we have to do this? Just, um, yeah, so we did a, a, like a holiday club and it was just amazing mm. the amount of people that just stepped up and mm. made it happen. So I think that's a real advantage is to have people who are just really committed. Yeah. There's no people just sort of sitting on the sidelines watching, are they? <laughs> yeah. Other thoughts? The advantages of being small. 
as a church. We know where three deacons You notice it? Yeah. You notice it, and when you see them again, I think it's really beautiful. Like, I always notice Sarah often, if I don't turn up for church, I get this message from yes. Sarah going, like, Are you okay? How are you? Missed you on Sunday. And it's just so beautiful. Isn't it? Oh, wow. Oh, they really struggled with Sarah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, we had a guy, we, I, I, text, I sent him the We Missed You text for about six to 12 months before he believed it. He didn't believe that we missed him. It took a while to persuade him. He's like, you actually, yeah, I actually belong here and you miss me. That's, that's cool. That's powerful. Other thoughts? I think we're too small in our competitiveness. We get known by too soft a word. Great if you are united. Fantastic. Uh, a couple of other things I jotted down. I don't know if this is true. Things can happen a bit more organically. You don't need as much structure and admin, um, which is nice. I work in like, I come up with an idea. Let's get the church together, have a prayer meeting. And then I do like two months of like planning, logistics to pull it off. You guys are just like, let's just have a prayer meeting. Yep, all there, cool, let's do it. All right, well, we might move on. Um, we may not spend much time on question two, but I guess it's just unpacking this a bit further. What would it look like to then actually play to those strengths? So it's good to recognize what you, what's special about your church at this size. And then you've got to think about, well, how do we major on that? How do we play to those strengths? Uh, if anything's popping off the top of your head, feel free to throw it out. Otherwise, we might move on. Yeah. When they haven't been there for a hundred years. Yeah. So if a hundred year old church suddenly reached out to the community, that might be going on. Mm-hmm. But we're new, we can reach out looking for those boxes because we're new. Yeah. Totally. Um, You've got an excuse to be like, oh, by the way, we're new. Yeah. That's why we're knocking on your door and dropping you this fly. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> I think also yeah. the fact that Stephen, our building, is a cricket club. Huh. Um, that's a strength in itself. It's a very unintimidating place to come to. Um, we often have church while cricket is going on. Yeah, like, cool. So it's, it's neutral, not a, neutral yeah, ground, they call yeah, it, don't it's they? Not a yeah. Big step to go from turn up there for cricket, turn up there mm-hmm. for church. Just, you know, the, I, think, I think that's the strength of the church. It's Definitely. A unchurch-like place. Definitely. So, yeah, you've got a real leg up in terms of outreach opportunities right now. Yeah. Okay. Major on it. Go for it. That's good. Um, Second thing, trust the basics. I remember sometimes feeling discouraged because down the road, there was a church that had that pumping youth group. Uh, They had a ministry, like a whole team of people, like more people than in my church, working on the ministry that they had to homeless people in their city or or whatever it was. And, And we have to be brutally honest. Our small church can't do everything that the bigger churches do. Um, but that shouldn't discourage us because we can do all the important things and we can do them well. And 
It's actually a dangerous slippery slope when a church plant tries to do too much. And there were times at the hub where we started to make that mistake. We, we had so many good ideas. Like, wouldn't it be awesome to do this and awesome to do that? Oh, the, school, the cricket club's got this. We could start this ministry at the club. And you just have to be careful that you don't start too much too quickly. Um, bite off more than you can chew. The most important thing, I think especially early on, but probably always, right, is to major on the basics and to, to trust the basics. We need to trust that the basics are best, um, that God's power is not in big programs. God's power is not in fancy services, smoke machines, big bands. We need to trust that God works and grows His church through things that might seem quite underwhelming at first glance. And there's a couple of Bible passages there, which I'd like us to read quickly. Um, let's go to 1 Corinthians 1. And as we read these passages, I want the question in the back of your mind to be, what are the basics? Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians. Would someone like to read verses 18 to 31? Don't make me nominate. <laughs> Great, thank you. Thank you. Uh, big passage. <laughs> Very big passage. There's a lot of, you know, worldly wisdom, worldly power, impressive things going on out there. And Paul says, hmm, nah. That's not what God's all about. What, what are the basics that you see in this, in this passage? 
And then he says in verse 24, it's, it's the Christ, the power of God, the wisdom of God. That's where the power is. Christ crucified. I'm sure Nathan has moments each week where he goes, huh, am I really going to do this again? I'm going to get up the front and I'm just going to preach the gospel. It's, not, it's, not, it's a pretty strange message of a humiliated, suffering saviour. And it's, it's the only hope we have for changing the world and building the church. Let's jump to Acts 2. Two books back. We're in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. Chapter 2 and I'll ask someone to volunteer to read verses 42 to 47. And again, as you read this, ask yourself, what are the basics? Great. Okay, let's, um, let's throw out some things from this passage. What do you think some of the basics are? Eating food. Don't forget to do it. Great. Do you guys reckon you can do that? Can you preach and study the Bible? Can you pray? Can you love each other? Can you reach out to other people you know who aren't Christians? All right. You're good to go. Done. It's that easy. Trust the basics. Do the basics and trust them. Don't get sucked into every other thing that you go, oh, maybe, maybe then, maybe if we did that, suddenly God would start working and things would go boom. Hey, mate. Uh, we'll skip question four for the sake of time and we'll jump to the last thing. <laughs> you can stand here, that's all right. Um, don't assume you're healthy. Don't assume you're healthy. This was, yeah, this was one that we didn't pick up for years as a church plant. Um, the resources love to talk about how the bigger church, the more established church, can be stuck in its ways, stuck in traditions, and it can be hard for that church to make changes and to alter their culture. So, for example, uh, if you want to choose a new song in a big church, you change your style of music, 
oh, it's going to take six months, there's going to be the approval needed from three different committees, and then have to train all the musos, and you know, that's what it's like in a big church sometimes. Church plants, on the other hand, they can be much more flexible, they can adapt to change, um, and that's a helpful insight. There's a lot of truth in it. It's definitely one of the strengths of a church plant. But at, at the hub, we realized pretty quickly that we were actually doing things the same way we'd always done them. Like back in our previous churches. We'd, we'd kind of imagined this church plant would be this time to do things a bit differently, to breathe some new life into it, to grow a healthier culture, uh, to, to sing with more enthusiasm, um, to pray more deeply, uh, to, to really do like all of life all week long evangelism, kind of stuff like that. And then we, we, we reached a certain point where we went, huh, we're pretty much just like our mother church, just smaller. Why? Because culture is not tied to a structure or a church, it's really the people. So, for example, if you aren't a praying person, and your previous church wasn't a praying church, then don't assume that by joining a church plant, you'll suddenly be great at prayer. It's, just, it's not that simple. Not all babies are born healthy. Um, that's true for church plants too. So if you want to be a church that is known for lively singing or intentional evangelism or deep prayer, don't just assume it's going to happen. Don't just assume you're healthy. You actually have to intentionally build the stuff, work on the stuff into your DNA. From day one, when you had the, well, we, we were sitting in a lounge room with like a whiteboard and we were just like, what do we want to be, guys? Like, what are our values? And we're like, we pray, yeah. And then five years later, it's like, well, it was on the whiteboard, but we've actually got to stick at these things and put in the hard yards. Being new didn't fix that. And it is true that in five or ten years' time, that will be harder to implement. Um, this is a precious time now to really get those things normal, established. We always do that. That's who we are. That's just how our church is. So, Final, final couple of discussion questions. I think this is probably good to spend a bit of time on. What parts of this church are particularly positive and healthy? Things you want to praise God for, keep going in. And what do you think we need to work on in 2023? Things where you go, oh, we've always said that that's important. And if we're honest, prob probably not really happening yet not going as well as it could. Throw it open. Why don't we start with the positives? So this is slightly different to the advantages of a church. That's kind of like you know, your strategic strengths and advantages. This is more like, no, what, what in our church culture is just really healthy and good? 
what values that we hold dear are we doing a good job of? Mm. we actually have church strengthening as part of our culture. Mm. And so I think, you know, that's different from old churches because they, like missions, seem to be on the, you know, on the periphery of yeah. their vision, whereas um, where it's with us, I think that we're actually more Um, I think um, the, the, the legacy thing, um, yeah. it really is Christ-centred and Bible-focused. And yeah. I think that's a real positive. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, we know that it's through the Word. That yeah, it is. Yeah. Man, I hear more and more and more, oh, you guys actually believe what the Bible believes and teach it? That's amazing. I've been to like six churches in town and I haven't been able to find one. I'm not kidding. Like we hear that all the time. That's huge. That's fantastic. I think also we have um, the gospel training. I think that's really wonderful. So that's the thing we have. Sort of yes, yeah, good. ROC and the gospel training. So it's just, um, I guess so that not just passively listening to teaching. Mm. We'll actually get a chance to hear from each other and um, mm. and that can, I guess, clarify your theological stance on things. Because mm-hmm. when, else, when else do you get that chance? Right. You know, you can hear something, but then to actually get to respond, but still under guidance, Yeah. Um, is really, yeah, I think that's really powerful. And that goes along with, you know, having really strong biblical teaching mm. and then getting the opportunity to flesh things out. Yeah. As a church. That's excellent. And I think it's, you know, it would be so much, it could be so much easier to go like, you know, oh, let's just have church, ROT and off you go. Um, But I think the fact that Nathan, you know, has held us to that. Yeah. um, That, you know, half afternoon thing, and now we're called back and we're doing more, you know. And I think it's it's really good that we've got that stance straight up and we've started that straight up as part of our culture. Yeah. That's good. That we really are invested in strong biblical teaching. Excellent. Um, one of the members of our church um, shared with me that she's got a little handbag mm. and of a Christian woman. And so that was minimal. There was no mention of the resurrection. Mm. There was no, no sense of joy or excitement about that sort of future. Mm. Yeah, it's tragic, isn't it? Mm. 
Well, happy to throw out more positives or to, um, I mean, <laughs> it's 12.33. So you just say when you want to stop. We could go all day. But yeah, is there, are there things where you think, no, this is central to what a church should be and values that we hold dear, but in practice probably need to work on them? Um, but just sort of, I guess, because what we've done is we've done a lot of different events and different sort of things. But I guess one thing that I think would be lovely is we've got that consistency within like our church service. But then to have consistency, I guess, in the events that we're doing and things so that the, the community knows what's happening, when it's happening and those mm. kind of things. Um, I think mm. that would be um, something really nice because we've had, I guess we've kind of tried many different things now and we know what works and what doesn't. Okay. Yeah. Knows about it. Yeah. It's a great thing. Yeah. That would be nice. But it's also good that you've gone through that trying stage because, mm -hmm. you know, what worked for that church there didn't necessarily work for you guys. And, yeah. Inviting them into like a point and sharing of food, but also having Christian friends there. I'm not the only one who yes. believes this. Yes. You know, just, I think that's something we could be doing a little bit more of, maybe like sharing food together and mm. making that another place to invite people to. Um, I don't think it's adding another event as such, mm. like, but um, just, yeah. yeah, that eating together thing, which we did, I guess, a lot when we were meeting in a house, it was much easier just to. Right. Which doesn't necessarily have to be something that like the whole like the whole church does, right? That's right. Yeah. 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 Mm. It's good. Cool. Well, keep pondering. Keep reflecting on it. Don't assume you're healthy. Um, if there are things that you hold dear and you think they're central to what the church should be, then work on them. Um, just because they were clear in year one doesn't mean they'll be clear in year five unless you guys keep at it. They say if you find a perfect church, don't join it because then it won't be perfect anymore. We all bring... I don't know. We all bring strengths and weaknesses to the church, don't we? And we all need to keep growing and keep being clear on where we're going because you can drift off track or just become just like it always used to be. Well, why don't we wrap up there? I'd love to pray for you guys one more time and then we'll go and eat some food. There we go. That's good, isn't it? We'll go do that. All right, let's, let's pray together. Father God, I do praise and thank you for this church.
um, young, um, Lord, full of ideas for how to reach the community that you've put them in. I thank you for the close-knit community that you've given them, for how welcoming they are. Thank you that every single person in this family is, is needed and belongs Uh, Lord, we thank you that they are hungry to reach out and to bring the gospel uh, to those around them. We thank you that they have um, a firm foundation on Jesus Christ and his word preached and uh, wrestled with and applied to their lives. Uh, Lord, thank you that they have the power of you as they do that. Um, Lord, that Christ crucified um, is in fact our greatest strength. Um, I pray, Lord, that all of these things would remain uh, and grow here at Grace Presbyterian. And Lord, that you would guide them into the future with wisdom, uh, that you would sustain and bless Nathan and the other leaders. Uh, Lord, that you would grow this church spiritually, grow it into maturity in Christ, grow them closer to each other, Uh, And Lord, please grow them also numerically with more people joining them. Uh, And Lord, most of all, we long to see more people uh, be saved uh, and come to give their lives to Jesus for the first time and to experience the blessing of being part of his church. Uh, Father, I thank you so much uh, that you uh, love this church and that you are sovereign and faithful to look after it and to do exactly as you please with it. Thank you for the promise that Jesus Christ will build his church. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit that you poured out at Pentecost. Uh, Lord, thank you that you live in our midst and work with great power through things that on the outside may seem weak and a little bit underwhelming. Lord, thank you that that is where you are. Uh, We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.